What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. We're going to go to John 15. Um, the true vine. John 15. And we're going to read verses 1 through 8. Let me know when y'all are there. That used to get to me. Somebody be like, we're going to be in such and such book and chapter, da, 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 da. And I'd just pick up my Bible and go to open it. And they're already reading. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You just told me where we were going. Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, John 15. Oh. We're in no hurry. God's patient. All right. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. When the Lord told me this is where we was going to go, I have to admit, I was curious. So I wanted to know what a vine dresser, like somebody who takes care of a vineyard, you know what I mean? I don't know if anybody's ever checked that out, but it, I found some really interesting facts and it and it makes sense why he spoke of the vine and the vine dresser and compared that with us and him so i wanted to um just give a little bit of information that i found out right when i got home before i got here most grape growers some they call them grape growers will tell you that they do not grow them for the money because there's not a lot of money in growing grapes it's a very hard industry like most places, um, I, I think like apple orchards and stuff, they have like those machines that shake the tree and the fruit falls off. A vine dresser, literally to this day, vi- big vineyards, they have to hand prune. <laughs> Crazy. I'm like, do you know how long that would take to have acres and acres of vines and you're having to hand prune? Because there's no machine, there's no technology out there that can do it. 
And isn't that how intimate our father is? That he personally prunes us because he knows us. He has to get up and close and personal to us. He's in us. He knows what's in our life that needs to be cut out and cut off. Isn't that beautiful? I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. When you look closely at the vine, especially a mature one, like one that's like 20, 15 years, 20, 25 years old, in the very beginning of the season, you will see tiny round berries, and these are the beginning stages of what the grapes are, kind of like a, a seedling, I guess. And walking in the vineyard, you would see a lot of branches on the ground. These are the branches that are cut off because they do not bear fruit. And when they're cut off, they die and wither, just like in verse 2. When it says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And another interesting thing that I found out is when they prune the branches, they fall to the ground in the vineyard. They immediately gather them up and they pile them out and they burn them. And the reason why is because what they have pruned off, a lot of times, if they don't gather them and burn them and get them away from the healthy vines, they can infect them with disease and pests. The dead branches attract disease and pests. Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, that's kind of like us. When he cuts off something in our life, when he prunes something off of us, and it look, a cut's painful. No matter how it comes, a cut is painful. So when something's cut off of us, he needs that to burn. He needs it to burn. Holy Ghost fire, burn in us. Holy Ghost fire, burn in us. Burn that which does not need to be in us. So it doesn't attract all that junk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't know about you, but when my flesh is, when I'm, he's pruning me and my flesh rolls up, I want to, Ah, I'm like wanting to grasp at things and I'm wanting to attract things to me that's making my flesh feel good and that's attracting disease and pests. I don't need it. <laughs> and that it's, I just thought that was beautiful. It's like, ah, just so much more intimate when you look at the reason why he said the parables and look into the, the, the intimacy of it. And he's just so beautiful. I love him so much. Mm-mm-mm. Shoo. Okay, also a vineyard has to be hand-pruned by a vine dresser. There's no equipment or technology that's able to prune the vines. He has to be up, personal, and close to see what is green and healthy. Any branches that are, this is another amazing thing, any branches that are crossed over each other or growing backwards automatically have to be pruned, even if they're healthy. The reason why is because they will not be exposed to light. Isn't that beautiful? If a branch is growing crooked, backwards, or crossing over another branch, it has to, has to be cut off, even if it's big and healthy, because it's not going to be able to receive light. Isn't that just like us? He will cut and prune out of our life and off of us what is not going to receive light. Anything that's dark in us, that's blocking us from his light, he will prune and cut off. After, after I started looking this up, when I got home right before I got here, 
and re- read this as I'm looking this stuff up, I'm like, wow, I probably won't fight near as much as I have in the past when he's pruning me, when he's cutting things out of my life, when he's cutting people out of my life, when he's cutting me out of, when he's cutting me, that's the big cut. The way I think, the way I want to do things, the way I feel, it's all about me. I need to really think, you know what? He's wanting me to bear beautiful fruit. He paid. He died for me to bear fruit. It is only the vine dresser that prunes. Pruning is not just anybody's job. It has to be a trained vine dresser. And aren't you grateful for that? That we're not just all vine dressers in here and everybody's just snipping each other saying, you need to cut that out and you need to cut this off and I'm going to be the judge of you. (laughs) There's a reason for that. Yeah, we would all be cut up and bleeding, wouldn't we? Oh my gosh. Even when we do produce fruit, verse 2 says we are still pruned. Cuts are painful, but they need to happen. If pruning did not happen in a vineyard, then it would become what's called as overcropping. If they don't prune the branches back, overcropping, and it just becomes this big tangled mess. Even though it's bearing fruit, it's just just tangled, and it's a mess. Verses 3 and 4. You already are clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me the saving faith in jesus christ makes us clean the word washes us clean that is beautiful and there are actual vineyards that get vines from other countries and they graft them in and the reason why they do that is so they are more um pest resilient and more disease resilient and they handle the atmosphere and the climates better and they actually take different strands of vines from other countries and they graft them in to the ones they have here to make them more strong and more um i'm not the word i'm looking for not susceptible easily to disease and pests and that took me when i found that out that took me to Romans eleven sixteen, which is really awesome. Romans eleven sixteen, we're going to read sixteen through twenty three. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, talking about us Gentiles, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will then say, Branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said, because of unbelief, they were broken off. Talking about Israel, the Jews. Well said, because of the unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, talking about the Jewish people, 
If God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Talking about us, the Gentiles being grafted in. I just thought that was beautiful. Like we're grafted in. Thank God we're grafted in. (laughs) Thank God he saved the the Jews first and then the Gentiles. (laughs) Because I was a heathen and I needed to be saved. Praise God. I needed I need I need a savior. I needed a savior, still need a savior, always need a savior. And I'm very grateful. Very grateful. All right, go back to John 15. No, actually John let's go back to John 14. I'm going to start at verse 10. John 14 verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Just like the vine dresser, the Father in us does the work. For me personally, I think I push myself sometimes a little harder. You know what I mean? I think, why am I not changed in this area right now? Why am I still doing this thing when I thought I was done with this thing? But I have to trust that he is the vine dresser and he is doing the pruning and he's doing the work in me. And I can't be rushing thing because it says we're changed glory to glory. Correct? Does it not say that we are changed glory to glory? Even though our spirit is brand new and we're brand new and perfect in spirit, our soul is not. Our mind, will, and emotions are being saved glory to glory. And we have to trust the process. He is the worker. He works in us. Okay, jump back to uh, John 15. Okay. So I want us to think about this for a second. The vine dresser knows each vine... This this right here, I'm going to be honest with you, blew my mind. I was like, this just like, wow. This hit it home for me. The vine dresser knows each vine personally. He knows each one of us personally. And he knows which one of us can handle what stress. Now, there are situations in our life that will bring that pruning and bring that stress so we can bear more fruit. Correct? You guys following me? Okay. He knows which one of us what we can handle. He'll never put more on us than we can bear. It says that. His word's true. We either believe it or we don't believe it. He'll never put more on us than we can handle. And I don't believe he's going to bring it to us if he don't bring us through it. But in the vineyard business, they will purposely stress certain vines out. Purposely. They will purposely cause stress to come upon certain vines. And the reason why they do this is because when these vines are under most stress, I mean almost to the point of killing them, they bear higher quality fruit. They don't bear quantity, they bear quality. So the vine dresser will purposely put certain vines under tremendous stress so they bear a higher quality fruit i've said this before it's been it's been a long time but i 
I truly believe this. When pressures come our way and we are being squeezed with the trials and tribulations of life, nothing else should come out but Christ. Nothing else should come out but Christ. If we take an orange and we squeeze an orange and we squeeze it into a glass and we take that glass and we go to take a drink and it's lemon juice, we're going to spit it out and be like horrified. What just happened? Where is my orange juice? So why is it Christ lives in us, the hope of glory, and when trials and tribulations come and hard times come, we're displaying everything but Christ. And we're Christians. That is wrong. We are way off. Way off. Because the fire is going to test us. It's going to reveal who is really in us. We have to renew our mind. Who are we? Do we really know who we are? Do we really know who he is? Do we really trust him to prune us? To bring forth big, beautiful fruit that he paid a high price for? And no, we're not going to be perfect in one day. Our spirit's perfect. Absolutely, our spirit's perfect. But I can tell I can tell y'all, when I first got saved, when I first got set free from homosexuality, there was no if, ands, or buts about it. Why he chose to set me free instantly like that, and I never had it. I don't even struggle with it. I've had people ask me, do you struggle with it? No. It was like it never happened. Weirdest thing. The addiction was different. I struggled with that. And why he chose to set me free from one and have me walk out the other, I don't know. But all I know is from glory to glory to glory to glory, he is setting us free. He's renewing us. He's strengthening us. And the way I reacted to situations three years ago is nothing like I do now. So we got to be easy on ourselves and each other. You are not where I'm at. I'm not where you're at. You're not where he is. All of us are in different places, but one thing we have in common is Christ in us, the hope of glory, and that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're here to love one another and to support one another and be there for one another. But we can't do that if we're isolating. That's a bad, bad thing. If we get isolated, the enemy gets in our head, starts whispering lies to us, and if we're not in this word, we'll buy the lies. Look at the world. This is terrible. We're in a terrible place right now. There's children, innocent children, innocent children that think they're one sex and they're not. That is sad. That is heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. How does a 12-year-old boy say he's a girl when he don't even know who he is? He's not. Do you know, Lord, are we going here? (laughs) Okay. Do you know that car insurance, when you have children and they turn 16 and you put them on your car insurance, and you can look this up, this is fact, a boy, you will pay more for a boy to drive at age 16 than you will a girl to drive at age 16. Why? Because science has proven that a boy's brain does not connect till they are like 25. 
24, 25 years old, and they do not have the same react to consequences and be able to make a decision of what they're doing until they're that age. So how is it if they're rating car insurance, we can allow them to have a sex change? Something's not right. (laughs) That tells you right there we are way off. Yeah, I don't even know why I went there. Amen. <laughs> I sure did. I sure did. I do. I do. The Lord set me free from it. Look, he has He has revealed so much to me. I mean, even the marriage. This is, this is, uh, he may have made man and woman be fruitful and multiply. Do you know the reason why a female has a hymen? Because that marriage, that consecration of marriage, when they come together and that breaking of that, it's like breaking covenant. And it you bleed, and it's breaking a blood covenant. God is all about covenant. Blood covenant. That's why he made male and female and had them to come together to commune their marriage in that way. And it breaks the hymen and causes blood because it is a blood covenant covenant it was never meant to be female and female and male and male never male and male cannot multiply and be fruitful and have a blood covenant neither can female and female and i don't know why obviously somebody needs to hear this i don't know here or out there but we're speaking it i'm speaking it because it's truth i was set free from it period dot the end and i was one would argue you in the ground that i was born that way born that way you weren't going to tell me no different i lived my life so loud and proud but the lord set me free from it and a veil it was like somebody pulled a hood off my head never struggled with it i could see plain as day it was wrong i couldn't even go back to where i was at i was in a relationship for five years and refused to go back because i knew what didn't belong there it's like this is so obvious we are so far off and it's not even about People think we're against homosexuals. We are not against homosexuals. We love the homosexual. Jesus loves the homosexual. It's about sexual immorality across the board. It is not targeting homosexuals. It is just like the adulterer, the adulteress, the fornicator, the child molester. All that stuff. It is straight across the board sexual immorality. And some people want to group it as the homosexuals. It is homosexuals and adulterers and fornicators and all the rest of it. It's sexual immorality across the board. So I don't want anybody out there thinking that I'm preaching against homosexuality. I'm preaching against sexual immorality and homosexuality falls in that class. Period. Dot the end. All right. I guess we're off of that now. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Let's go to John fourteen twenty one real quick. This is going to be a short one, I think. All right. So we're told to abide in him and he abides in us. You know what? Hang on. Before we go to fourteen twenty one, he just reminded me of something. Let's go back to John 15. Hmm. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire 
and it shall be done for you. I just feel like he just spoke, had me back up and spoke that to me. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. I think too many times we say, God says, ask what you want and it'll be given to you. There's a stipulation. Loud and clear. If, if you abide in me, does that mean you're going to walk perfectly? No, not at all. Does it mean that um, you're never going to do anything wrong? No, wrong again. Does it mean that you're going to abide in him, meaning I messed up, I need you. I don't know what to do here, I'm seeking you. That was last week, seeking him. What are we, what are we seeking? We need to seek him instead of other things and other people. I feel like this thing's rattling behind me. <laughs> Is my my voice that loud? <laughs> I got a big mouth. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for my big mouth. <laughs> but um, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, my words. Then when Jesus spoke that, it was just the Torah. We forget that sometimes. I do. I'll say I do. I forget that. I forget that, that it was just the first five books of the Old Testament I keep thinking that they had all this, you know what I mean? They did not. So, and that's how Jesus fought the devil was the Old Testament. Everything he quoted was Deuteronomy. Everything, all three things, Deuteronomy. Okay, so we can't just ask what we want and the Lord's just going to give it to us. We have to abide in him and his words abide in us. Okay, now let's jump over to John 14. John 14, verse 21. So how many in here would love to have the Lord manifest to them? Amen. To see the Lord. It says those who are pure in heart will see God. Right? Okay, 14.21 says, and this is Jesus speaking. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. So we read John 15. So we, if we abide in him and he abides in us, we're allowing him to prune us. We're keeping his commandments. We're abiding in his words. He will manifest himself to us. For me personally, I think he does. I just, sometimes I question it. Is that really you, God? I think he will manifest himself to us through others. Especially brothers and sisters in Christ. Especially brothers and sisters in Christ because we are to love one another as he loves us. Right? I think a lot of times in a marriage... He will manifest himself through the spouse because the husband's to love the wife as Christ loved the church. But I think sometimes we get so much in that fleshly, worldly realm that we don't see him manifesting to our, us through other people, through his word. When I get in his word, he manifests himself to me all the time, but I have to get in his word. So I just want to encourage all of us 
be kind to ourselves. Be patient to ourselves because he is. Jesus is patient with us. He's kind. He's gentle. He's good. He's loving. So what makes us think we should be any different to ourselves and to each other, brothers and sisters in Christ? We're all going to fail. We all fall short of the glory of God. The word tells us that, and the word doesn't lie. But when we do fall, we need to be able to be honest first and foremost with the Lord and repent. And second, we need to be able to make that confession to somebody else. Because it says, confess your sins one to another. Correct? I know for a long time, I didn't, I was scared to confess anything. And it wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't that I didn't think they would love me i was just scared of what they would think about me how are they going to treat me now are they going to treat me different are they going to are they going to act different toward me are they just going to act like they like me now or i mean i always had that fear of man in me and now it's kind of like god you know all my junk i don't even care (laughs) i mean really i'm just human just like anybody else i am no better than anybody else in this room period not the end (laughs) We're all the same. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We all love each other and we love him. Ain't nobody better than nobody else. That's how I feel. I mean, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Maybe we should do a foot washing. I'm the first one. I'll wash somebody's feet. I'll wash everybody's feet right there before they come in the door. I'd be glad to. I would be glad to do that. I would be glad to do that. That would be so honorable to me. That would be. To wash everybody's feet. Even the kids. I would love that. Maybe we could do that sometime. You know. All right. Well, I think I'm wrapping it up. It was a short one tonight. I felt like I went a long time last week. But um, we just went off that gif for that sexual immorality there for a second, didn't we? But that's all right. And um, Father, I just thank you for this message. Father, I hope that it just wasn't jumbled all over the place. I feel like I jumped all over the place. But God, I know that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I know that your word will not come back to you void, that it will do exactly what it was sent out to do. And Father, I spoke the word as you gave it to me the best of my ability. Father, I say right now, if there's anything that I spoke in my own flesh, I ask you to convict me. Convict me, Lord. Convict me, Lord. Father, I don't ever want to misrepresent you. I don't ever want to say anything of my own accord. I want to speak what you want me to speak because there are souls at stake. This is not just about me getting up here and saying something. This is about people's lives, eternal lives, eternal lives. This is not, this is not fun and games. And, Father, most times I'm a nervous wreck. I don't even really want to get up here because I know what's at stake. And I know that I will be held highly accountable for anything that I've done in my flesh. So, Father, I say your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen.